Bigley and Marotta. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigley Blast. Rivalries are not what they used to be. Athletes are too empowered. They're too soft. They've all become individual brands where the name on the front of the jersey is just a temporary condition. And meanwhile, meanwhile, many fans, well, they just want a taste of the action. A winning bet, a handful of fantasy points, or maybe tickets slash autographs to sell on the secondary market. But guess what, folks? The Suns Mavs are for real. And more specifically, so is the feud between Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. I mean, did you see these two guys yesterday? This was like Michael Jordan wanting to gouge out Reggie Miller's eyeballs or that time when Shaq and Sir Charles squared off on the court like a pair of heavyweight boxers. Rarely will you ever see a pair of -of top-of-the-line superstars going nose-to-nose like Booker and Doncic did over something is trivial as words. Now, haters think it's ridiculous that Booker would even think to talk to Luka after that Game 7 a year ago, but I think it says a lot about Booker's tenacity that he will not back down even after an offseason full of ridicule. Truth is, Booker and Doncic are a lot more alike than either would like to admit. From the transcendent scoring talent to the preoccupation with officiating, both dudes are looking for every advantage they can find to slice the other one to pieces. And at the moment, Booker is acting like the guy with the advantage because he's the guy with Kevin Durant. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. You can find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. Yeah, I said it when we first made the trade. You know, he he's somebody that's a plug-in player. You can put him in any environment, any offense, any set, and, you know, he's going to be efficient. He's going to make sure other people get open looks, and, you know, he's going to play the right way. Um, And tonight was another example of that. All we're trying to do is win out there and, you know, play the game the right way. You know, Dallas was laying off of whoever our fourth or fifth man was and just giving wide open shots. And, you know, Ish came in in the second half and, and made him pay for that. That's Devin Booker. Yeah, he does have Kevin Durant. That's a nice feather to have in your cap. Oh, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. When you're coming down the home stretch of a season and into the playoffs where, let's face it, the Suns might uh, view the postseason as an opportunity to settle scores, to right wrongs. To correct their own failures, they have to feel like they failed last year in the postseason. Uh, you add Kevin Durant to the mix. I don't know if the the first three samples of Kevin Durant in the Suns uniform could have gone much better. No, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. Uh, Those two dudes, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, as DeAndre Ayton said uh, after the game, they should be a movie. (laughs) Did you see that quote? They should be a movie? I did not see that quote. Um, So, uh, to me, uh, this is, yes, it's working. They've got 188 points together in their first three games. That's the most, uh, fourth most in NBA history when it comes to Beginnings with teammates. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number one, and you got to go back to the 60s. The number one panda, by the way, is Wilt Chamberlain and York Larice. York Larice, L A R E S E. Good That's luck with one. that one, Jared. The top three, right, are all Wilt and some guy you've never heard of. They probably. are. The top three are Wilt and a guy you've, you've never, never heard, heard of. of. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly Mungo right. Mungo Beanfield. Yeah, Hank Cudgley <laughs> and Wilt Chamberlain. Mungo Beanfield and Wilt Chamberlain. 
so yeah, it, it's it's off to a really good start, and I think it it kind of speaks to a couple of things. I think it speaks to Kevin Durant's comfort zone in all of this. I think there's uh, there's uh, I, it, it, there's so much about this story that blows my mind, and it's it, for for a story that was percolating last summer. And by that, I mean Kevin Durant rumors to Phoenix. He's he's acting like all of this is brand new and a surprise. And I think it's because in his mind it is. I think at some point in time this season, Kevin Durant closed the book on leaving the Brooklyn Nets. At least this year Uh he did. And so for the fact that he was injured when he was traded, meaning he never had a goodbye performance in Brooklyn. He just was up wearing another uniform one day. It's got to be very surreal for him, even though this is what he wanted last summer. It's a fascinating story, and it's all the all the little minutia that we have all talked about. Oh, the Suns need a backup point guard. Oh, they need a more off-the-ball score. Oh, they need better perimeter shooting. They need a better four. They need more rebounding. Or we can add one superstar to the mix, and it fixes everything. Yeah, yeah there you go. Um, Jared just sent me this, the, the graphic from ESPN that you referenced with L- York Larice. York Larice. And you know how I love the obscure names in the mm-hmm. history of sports. I've never heard of York Larice, but most points in first three games as teammates. Chamberlain and R- Larice, 210 points. <laughs> Number two, Chamberlain and Wayne Hightower, 197 <laughs> points. Number three, Chamberlain and Tom Meshery, 194 oh points. Then Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, 188. Somebody did the research uh, on, on this Twitter thread, Bick. Mm-hmm. So in those games with Wilt, the, the d- dynamic duo of Chamberlain and Larice. <laughs> Wilt scored 71, uh-huh. 61, and 55. Larice, Larice chimed in with 0, 12, and, and 4. Oh, that is outstanding. <laughs> that best. is the best. So Chamberlain had 194 of the 200. That is the best. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's fascinating to this uh, to me is that these three games have all happened on the road that we still haven't had the Kevin Durant mm-hmm. uh, un, uh, unveiling the debut at home. That's going to take place on Wednesday. And I'm going to feel like after Wednesday, the Valley's going to be ready for the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And it's we're still a ways to go here. And but but everything and I mean Everything is breaking in the Suns' favor. Luca, this after the game yesterday, Luca made reference to a thigh injury he's suffering. John Morant's got issues that we've talked about and we'll talk about more. Nobody knows who else is any good in the West. It is wide open. Yes, we will get into that, but I wanted to, to play this just as a little teaser heading into Wednesday. Kevin Durant talking about that upcoming home debut. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, I'm glad I was able to get a couple on the road to get my feet wet because I know it's going to be loud in there uh, Wednesday, I think. So looking forward to our fans. I'm sh- I know they can't wait to, to see us out on the floor. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting back home for a couple days. Yeah, there is a very big buzz of anticipation for that mm-hmm. game. And yes. uh, I guess now is a good time to remind you that you can win lower level tickets to see Kevin Durant's what? first home game as a size. Nice. You can, Jerry. Is that nice. all? Not you, but other people can. And that's all you could win? No, it's not all. There's more. Text KD to 620-620. Enter for your chance to win lower level tickets to see the Suns play the Thunder. And if you do win, two Kevin Durant jerseys. That means both you and your cohort will be decked out for the uh, debut. Text KD to 620-620 to get entered. Coming up next, Bick touched on it in the blast, but one of the big stories, and it's going to linger for a while, book 
versus Luca. Oh, yeah. The latest chapter. That's next. Ding, it's ding, Bic- ding. Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. And now we're going to get some shoving. Luka Doncic and Devin Booker in the backcourt. Well, well, Luka was talking before when they were up. Now Devin getting his opportunity to take it right back to Luka after he misses an easy one to tie this game up. And they're being separated right now by the staff of both the Mavericks and the Suns. They've come out, security staff, separating the two teams. Mainly it was Doncic and Booker. Exactly. Everybody else was just around them watching. But you're right, there's been a lot of jawing. And if the league wants this to go away, they need to find a better way to take control of a game like this earlier than the officials were able to. John Bloom, Tim Kempton on the uh, scene yesterday in Dallas. Closing seconds for another chapter of Luka versus Booker. Advantage, at least this last round, goes to Devin Booker. Definitely. Uh, Book played a great game and uh, frustrated Luka who missed the last second shot, committed the foul. His ears perked up when Devin Booker did some talking. We think it was to the official. Devin Booker said it was to the official. Luka Doncic said it no. It was to the official. It, it, it was, but that was the taunting. Yeah. That, w- that was the taunting that people are referring to. And then they yapped at, at each other. Luka told him to bleep off or shut the bleep up. Uh-huh. And then, then Devin yapped at him. But but it was the, that's a charge, that's a charge. Even though the game was effectively over at that point in time, yeah. that, that was Devin Booker being all fingers to, to Luka Doncic's yes. all buttons. That's exactly what that is. That's a good way to put it. And it wasn't the first time that Devin Booker or any member of the Suns could have said to a member of the officiating staff, that's a charge that wasn't called. <laughs> because, I mean, Luka Doncic, mm-hmm. he, he uses it to his advantage. Mm-hmm. The constant contact, the backing down, the physical play, mm-hmm. there's not much you can do as a defender. And I thought he got away with the push there. Maybe it was the basketball god shining down that he missed that shot that he's going to make pretty much every time he shoots it from now on, but uh, it just capped a frustrating day for, yeah. for Luka Doncic, and he talked about uh, what happened between he and Booker. What Booker you I don't think you can say that in camera. You know. He was talking to you or he was talking to the ref? No, no, he was talking to me. Yeah, he said he was talking to the ref. Mm. I mean, based on the words, I don't think so, but... <laughs> It's fine. It's just competitive game, man. It's it's all good. Just next time, don't wait till it's three seconds left to talk. Uh, here's Booker's ex- explanation. I'm not here to tell, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, picked up what he said to you. Yeah, I mean, I was talking to the ref. He said something to me the first. I responded. You know, you guys say you don't want everybody to be friendly. Friendly. There you go. We got. You know, we got. We got some smoke. Do you think that traces back to the playoffs last year? Yeah, I mean, it's just two competitors going at it. Um, like I just said, you got everybody speaks on you know how friendly the NBA is now, and and don't like that. And you know, I have no problem with Luca um, on or off the court. But you know, when we're competing, we're competing. He's right about that, and that was sort of the the, the thesis of the blast is that rivalries don't hit the way they used to because no. players don't view each other as enemies anymore. They all view each other as let's band together and get ours from the game, get every penny we're worth. Let's let's have each other's backs. There's not a lot of that. No, that's why this Luca Devin thing is is so special. I mean, Luke is a top three player. Devin Booker is a top eight player right now. Rarely do you find two guys this elite this much. 
not digging each other because they really don't dig each other at all. They don't. And Devin and, Booker said, "I got no problem with him on or off the court." I look. I I, I believe pretty much everything that Devin Booker says. I don't believe that. I, I think there no. is heat between those yeah, two. Yeah, and listen, and and I think it, it it's also this is also to me a a, a situation where. Devin Booker and, and and having the ability to to kind of embrace this by saying what he said about hey you all talk about this brother-in-lawing stuff and all the friendships and sports okay you got you want some smoke you got it but he's basically saying yeah I I'm not sitting here trying to minimize this I don't like that cat <laughs> I want to beat tear his eyes out but that's basically what he's saying that's one of the things that that people can respect about Devin Booker too is that he's kind of both old school and new school because he does have a lot of friends in the league and those friendships have been publicized throughout the years. D'Angelo Russell, Carl Anthony Towns. But when he steps on the court, there's no friends. And I like that about him. You don't see that no, with a lot of those guys who came up playing through the right, ranks together. He, right. is, he is very old school and cutthroat when it comes to competition. There's no That's friends right. on the basketball That's court. That's right. So while even though the old heads have a problem with Kevin Durant, none of them would ever have a problem with Devin Booker. Because this is what the, he is doing exactly what they want you to do. Because again, it, it's it. You look at Devin Booker and you see the way that he's operating and, and how hot he burns here. And and we've got a couple of postseasons to to kind of observe here. I don't know how this guy got through five years of just sucking out loud. Not him, the team. I don't know how he got through that. To be honest with well, you, well, that's the only thing that's old school about him. Yes, I mean, how many other guys in a similar situation with a lack of winning that's would it. say, "You know what? I gave it my best. That's if it. this is what you're going to give me, right. I'm gone." Right, and that's right. And so he's different. That Damian Lillard's different like that. Yes. And how would you handle the emotions of sucking out loud, as you so eloquently put it, <laughs> Dan Bickley, without feeling like there's any hope in front of Thank you? It's you. not like oh, there's a plan in place. Yeah. Oh, I know that so and so is on the come up. Like. It there just never was. Hopeless. There never was hope. I mean that—that's the whole thing. And now suddenly, wow! One day he's got Chris Paul, and now wow! I have got Chris Paul and Kevin Durant. Okay. Yeah. Do you remember when Devin Booker got his first max contract? Signed it in Vegas at the summer league. I remember that. And very there was well. a lot of people around the league going, "What are they doing?" Mm-hmm. That was such a masterful move. <laughs> it really was. If that doesn't happen and more frustration follows, maybe Devin Booker does prove to be human and say, Listen, "You know what? I can't do this anymore." Ryan McDonough used to tell me this all the time. He'd say, "Look, at the end of the day, at least I can say I drafted Devin Booker. Say what you want. <laughs> you can kill me for everything. At least I can say I drafted Devin Booker." Yeah, you can't. You can't take no. You can't. <laughs> I also drafted Mikel Bridges and DeAndre Ayton. So traded for Mikel. Didn't draft. Okay, him, but, well, yes. But draft night, uh, draft uh, night yes. maneuver. Don't get me started on draft night trades in the yeah. NBA. Still, Cam Hat. <laughs> yeah, Cam Johnson. That was not him. Well, uh, you know. Well, you know what. You know what I've been telling you that there's. Listen, there's a lot. There's a lot of stories who believe that that James Jones jumped in with the Mikael Bridges draft pick. Yes, and at they that point in time, Ryan McDonald was going to trade off for Shade Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. Been a good move too, but but it but yeah. He who was knows? Great. There was a lot of Then you would have never on. got Chris Paul, and then if you don't get Chris Paul, who knows? Who knows where the dominoes would have fallen? We might be exactly where we're supposed to be. Yeah. 
After all of that, we might be in the very position we were always meant to be in. That's impossible. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know if you guys felt this also, because remember last week we were talking a lot about like how will it feel if it's Kevin Durant leading the team to the championship? Mm-hmm. Will it feel as good? When you were watching these last three games and Durant was clutch and hitting these great shots, mm-hmm. it felt great. Of course it does. It didn't feel any different than no. if it was a homegrown player but doing give, that. Give it some time, though. Give it. Give, this is we're very early on. We're still yeah. in the stardust. Yeah, yeah. We're st- oh, you ain't kidding. Yeah, we're so we're still in the stardust honeymoon phase where we're still like gushing over the fact that we have Kevin Durant. It's still a little surreal to watch it happen. Yeah. And yeah. there's been nothing resembling, you know, if you want to use that stardust honeymoon phase. There's nothing resembling a. A red flag, yeah. No. Like I told you. No. Watching that game, watching a couple of these games where Kevin Durant gets going, I'm just sitting on the couch giggling. Like, it's not fair how easy he makes it look. Yeah. It's not going to be this smooth. Prepare yourself for bumpy roads ahead. But when you got a guy like that on your side. What, what What if Kevin Durant and the Phoenix Suns become the first team to acquire a superstar at trade deadline and never lose a game? What if they what if they go unbeaten the rest of the way out and then win and every playoff sweet. game? And then sixteen and zero in the playoffs? <laughs> Do you remember when the, Bru- great? when the Brewers traded for uh who was that? The pitcher. Yeah, when they got CC Sabat. Yeah, and, and he went like eight and oh. Yeah. And they won like every game into the playoffs. And could happen. Randy Johnson with the Astros. Listen, people, smart people who have been watching. Neither Devin one of those Booker, teams won the World Series. Well, there's okay, a reason that. why. There's a reason why Devin Booker felt compelled to get in Lucas Grill and get in his kitchen after that game was over because he's got KD now. This is, I mean, the other reason why he felt compelled to do it because he's Devin Booker. Luca, ho, <laughs> ho, you fat, <laughs> ho, you doughy, you ho, you doughy. Luca Ado. <laughs> you can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, more basketball talk. Suns, Mavericks, the rest of the league. We'll be joined by SI.com basketball writer Nohan Nutkarni next. It's uh, Bickley Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Durant driving on Hardaway. Pull-up jumper. Durant got it. And Phoenix has a two-point lead. 35 for Durant in just his third game as a son. Dave Pash on ABC with the call. Kevin Durant what proved to be the game winner. Two more free throws to ice it after a Doncic miss. Big win for the Suns in Dallas. Kevin Durant will make his home debut on Wednesday. Here to talk Suns basketball and the NBA with us from SI.com. Their basketball writer, Rohan Nodkarni, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Rohan, thanks so much for joining us again. We appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, Kevin Durant, the early returns have been very positive. Yesterday we saw him hit his first uh, high-leverage shot in a Suns uniform. I mean, from, from your view, viewpoint, Rohan, how would you uh, sum up what you've seen with this uh, this blend together of superstar with his new team? I mean, I think it's been fantastic. You saw it yesterday against Dallas. To me, it's just not only how well Kevin has played. I mean, he hasn't missed a beat coming off an injury. He's been so efficient. But look at how well Devin Booker has played. The the number, the amount of times Devin Booker's playing against single coverage, his life has gotten much easier. 
all the wide open catch and shoot threes Chris Paul got in the fourth quarter uh, against Dallas. When have you seen Chris Paul get wide open shots like that? Uh, I think not only has Kevin Durant himself been great, but he's clearly making life way easier for everyone else on the floor. I've been really impressed. Yeah, I don't know. How, I don't know what teams are going to do to try to defend that going forward. But let's let's talk about the end game scene. What did all that smoke between Luca and Devin Booker say to you or mean to you? I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I I thought it was ridiculous and silly that some people found it upsetting. I I think it's good that these teams have a healthy rivalry. You have two big, great competitors in in Luka and Devin Booker. That's what you want to see. You want to see these guys go at it. Uh, I respect the Suns. Even after what happened in the playoffs last year, they're clearly not backing down. I would love to see these two teams rematch in the playoffs uh, because of that chippiness. So I love it. I welcome it. I think it's great that Devin Booker's talking. I'm happy for Devin Booker that he's not backing down. Uh, We all enjoy watching that kind of stuff in the league, and people say all the time, where's the competitiveness? Where's that fire in the regular season? Do these players care? Uh, I didn't understand why anyone was complaining about what we saw yesterday. I thought it was a lot of fun. And it's, it's all happening within the confines of the game. Uh, there's nothing extracurricular there. So yeah. uh, I, I was excited to see it personally. Yeah, we, we are on the same wavelength. Rohan Nodkarni, our uh, guest from SI.com here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. Uh, you know, it was obviously a, a, a juicy matchup of two teams that added superstars at the deadline. Kyrie Irving lands in Dallas. And flipping the coin over to what you've seen from Dallas so far, Rohan. I mean, Kyrie Irving's been individually great. We've seen great games from Luka. They've lost big-time games on consecutive Sundays on the, on their home floor. I mean, what are you seeing in terms of their blend and how they're coming together? I'm not as high on, on Dallas' superstar acquisition as I am on Phoenix. But certainly, I think the Mavericks have had some good moments offensively, but as we saw in that game against Phoenix, uh, defensively, it's a huge issue for them. Uh, I, you know, Kyrie's never been a great individual defender. Neither is Luka. Teams are going to target both of them, uh, particularly in a playoff series. They they need help around those two guys. I think there's a, a world in which they can make it work, certainly. I don't think the roster, as, as presently constructed, uh, is great. Uh, you know, Maxi Kleber uh, has been hurt for most uh-huh. of the year. He's someone who they're really going to need if they want to make any kind of noise in the playoffs. But I just think Dallas has too many holes defensively right now. Uh, they, they need another offseason to build around those two. But there's no guarantee that Kyrie Irving's coming back. He can obviously be a free agent sure. this summer. So I'm really interested to see how that plays out. But the early returns, I think it's been exciting to watch. It's been fun to watch if you love offense. But defensively, it, it makes it hard to take them seriously as a contender. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. So, so what do you think, um, as we get into the last 18, 19 games, what, who do you think um, are the teams that are going to sort of start to pull ahead in the West? Who do you think is going to get dangerous looking? I mean, obviously you have to put Phoenix in that category. You know, I wrote for Sports Illustrated. I, I sat on my podcast it's for Sports Illustrated after the trade. I think that the Durant acquisition clearly makes them the favorites. I think there's no question about that. I also think you, you have to respect what the Denver Nuggets have done. Obviously, first in the conference, Nikola Jokic uh, potentially on his way to win his third straight MVP. Those are the two teams I'm looking at. I think they're balanced, uh, getting superstar play at the top. Uh, and everywhere else, you know, the Kings have been an incredibly fun story, uh, really fun to watch. Another team that you wonder, can their defense survive in a playoff series? Uh, I'm a little down on the Memphis Grizzlies these days. Obviously, they're dealing with a wide variety of issues right now. 
Uh, but beyond that, just what the Grizzlies have done on the floor, their fourth quarter offense is a little shaky. Uh, they don't shoot the ball very well from outside. So right now, I think Denver, Phoenix, and then I'll personally, you can never count out the Golden State Warriors. Uh, beating Steph, Clay, and Dre in a playoff series has not been done very often. I don't. I think you have to take those guys seriously no matter where they end up in the standings. But right now, I, I have Denver and Phoenix as just a little bit ahead of everyone else. Rohan Nodkerny from uh, SI.com and Sports Illustrated, our guest here on uh, Arizona Sports. I wanted to focus on a team you brought up there, Golden State. And uh, there's a line from a, a, a bad, good movie that I always go back to, Rohan. It's from the movie Cocktail, where Tom Cruise's character says the line, everything ends badly or else it wouldn't end. And I'm thinking about the Golden State Warriors, who you know turned it on. They won the championship last year. And yesterday was such a big stage for them you know, on national TV. They get Curry back. They're riding a five-game winning streak, and they lose. They're dreadful on the road. They're one game above 500 when Curry plays, and I feel the same way you do. You can't ever count them out, but does this feel like the beginning of the end for for Golden State's run? It's very difficult for me to to say that it's the beginning of the end, if only because as much as they struggled, they still have one of the best five-man lineups in the NBA. They're starting lineup with Wiggins, Curry, Clay. Draymond and Kevon Looney have been one of the best lineups all season. That, that's a group they're going to lean on a ton in the playoffs. I thought that Lakers loss was disappointing, but they were also missing Andrew Wiggins. And frankly, I think it's another team this year. I think they miscalculated the roster. Obviously, they were counting on James Wiseman, counting on guys like Moses Moody. I do think Jonathan Kaminga has played pretty well, but uh, I, I think they're a team that if they go all in, if they, if they decide that they want to win and get rid of this kind of two-timeline idea, uh, Steph Curry is still someone who's playing at a very high level. He's proven he can be the best player on a championship team. To me, I don't think it's the beginning of the end when I see Steph's play drop off. We haven't seen that yet this year. Uh, I think what we really need to see from the team is, is a commitment to really build around their, their veteran core, which for the life of me, I can't understand why they aren't committing to yeah. building around those guys because when they're on the floor, they all still play really well. The uh, Finally, the John Moran story is obviously uh, an issue league-wide um, for Suns fans when you look at the Western Conference. This was a team that, that for a minute, they look like they might be the team in the West. In fact, John Moran even famously said he had no worries out West. Where, where do, what do you think the story is about? Where do you think it's going? And do you think the Grizzlies have time to put this thing back together? You know, obviously there's a lot going on there. First and foremost, as it comes to John Morant, um, he just, I'm glad that the team is getting him help, you know, and I think Taylor Jenkins uh, said the right thing yesterday. It's, it's not only about responsibility, it's about accountability, right? Uh, I think Ja uh, has to take accountability for what he's done. I, the, the actions are just frankly disturbing, and the number of reports that have come out about him have just mm-hmm. been disturbing, and you know, you hope you're not watching someone kind of ruining their bright career in real time, so uh, first and foremost, I just hope that Ja is, is accountable for his actions and is kind of able to turn things around. Uh, in terms of the Grizzlies, on the court, if we're talking about that, I still think it's a team that has a bright future. Uh, they've done a lot of good things together. Uh, they have a lot of very talented young uh, trio in John Morant, Desmond Bain, 
and Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, I think there will be opportunities to build around those guys. They had a chance to maybe be more aggressive at the trade deadline this year. They have a lot of draft picks in the future that they can trade. So uh, from an on-court uh, future flexibility standpoint, they have a lot of flexibility to be dangerous. Like I said, I, I'm I'm a little cool on their chances this year yeah. just because I'm not a big fan of their half-court offense. Uh, their shooting leaves a lot to be desired. But obviously they need to they sort out things with John Morant, and uh, you, you just hope he, he realizes kind of the the danger in his actions and is willing to take accountability. Yeah, Rohan, thanks so much for joining us. Always appreciate it when you come on the show. My pleasure, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Rohan Nodkarni from uh, SI.com, Sports Illustrated basketball writer. He joined us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Coming up next, we'll stay with basketball and kind of piggyback on our conversation. There's less than 20 games remaining in the regular season, and 87% of the Western Conference is still jockeying for playoff position. It is the wild, wild west, and we'll update it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Who has he surrounded himself with over the last year or two um, that is kind of leading him in this direction and, and the choices that he has he's made? I mean, he's made he has made three bad choices now in, in a span of you know less less than a year, and eventually you're going to run out of chances in this league. I mean, that's the reality of it here, and um, you know we'll see how, what happens um, you know with this situation. But I think that's probably my the big question. We'll probably dig deeper into is kind of what's how things have changed for Morant when he came into this league to kind of where he is right now. It's Bobby Marks from ESPN, their NBA front office insider, talking about the John Morant situation, which certainly, uh, as we speak here on this Monday morning, Bick, has mm-hmm. a lot of ramifications about how the Western Conference could shake out down the stretch. As I mentioned uh, before the break, 87% of the conference is still very much alive in the playoff picture. Yeah. Uh, you got two teams in San Antonio and Houston, who played yesterday, by the way. They're the only one, two teams the eliminated. Uh, Houston killed them. They, they put up 142 points. Uh, but those two teams are in the in the Wemby uh, sweepstakes. But 13 teams. And the team that's in 13th right now, Portland and, uh, and Oklahoma City, actually have the same record at 12 and 13, 30 and 34. The team in third place has 37 wins. Mm-hmm. Again, we I don't want to sound like a broken record in talking about this. We've never seen anything like this. So Memphis, potentially without John Morant, the rest of the way mm-hmm. could have major ripple effects in the West. Without a doubt. Yeah, and can I say this on the John Morant front, too? Sure. Um, I think it's always human nature when a story like this breaks. And, and Bobby Mark said it there, and I'm not ripping on Bobby. I think this a lot of people feel this way. It's like, who has John Morant surrounded himself with? When you get a player or a, a prominent athlete in a situation like this, it always goes to... What is the element around John Moran? Mm-hmm. Maybe the element is John Moran. Maybe he's the bad seed in all of this. Nobody ever considers yeah, that. Yeah, but he, there really weren't any issues like real issues prior to this year. There was a lot of arrogance, but I mean, there's just been a string of things this year. Yeah, and I'm not saying that's the case. I just People always okay. dismiss that as a possibility. Like he's, he, he's a grown man, and he's making his decisions, and these decisions have not worked out very well. well I think they're saying that he needs to surround himself with people who will stop him from yeah. making those decisions. Right. And people who get him to, to, to kind of, you know, 
uh, appreciate where he is and and not squander what he has. And so, um, what are the reasons for that? I don't know. I mean, this this might be n- nothing more than play acting. It might be something much deeper than that. Might be. Uh, but uh, again, Memphis is dangerous if they get this thing behind them with ten games to go. I still think they're a very dangerous team. Howard Beck wrote a piece last week. He talked to a, a Western Conference executive. Now, this is before two of the Kevin Durant games. So this would have been after the debut, but before Friday and Sunday's okay. game. And at that point in time, this unnamed exec said the Clippers or the Warriors are who I favor coming out of the West. And I'm saying that because there's not a lot of respect being given to the Denver Nuggets or the Grizzlies or a, a lot of these teams. And it's uh, people are almost banking on... Just good teams being able to flick a switch and get it done. I've been guilty of it on the Denver front, I'll admit it. And I've been saying it uh, Mm -hmm. pretty much all year that the two teams that I've been impressed with the most are Milwaukee and Boston. Mm -hmm. Denver, at this point, has a better record than Boston by a half a game. They're 45-19. and They've been very consistent. They've remained relatively healthy. Celtics Uh, are in a rut right now. Yeah, they are. They're in a rut. They are. They're they're a team that needs the playoffs to be here. They've already proven what what they're capable of, and now they're just, now they're blowing big leads. Losing to the Knicks. Yeah, yeah. But the the Knicks Knicks are... I know, I know, I know. know. They're just a fun punchline still. But uh, it's, it's just one of those things with Denver, and we've lived it here with Phoenix Sports, is that no one will give you your full respect until you actually do it in the playoffs in the mm-hmm. postseason and Denver has flamed out the last two years there's a lot of pressure on the Nuggets this year to get this thing done especially Nikola Jokic yeah, yeah he's it, a three time MVP oh, yeah. which is very possible at this point on the uh, Memphis thing do you think it matters that much in the big picture if the Suns move up to three move up to two because everything is so bunched up and you don't know who you're going to play I don't think any of it matters I don't think any of it I mean, you want to stay in the top four. You want to have home it's, court in the, in the first yeah, round. You do. But, you do. And, I, and I, I don't think there's any danger of the Suns not having that. But if the Suns are a five seed and have to go on the road in the first round against a four seed, most of that resume was built without Kevin Durant yeah. on the team. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it shifts everything. It's and, not like, and everything is so bunched up. No, right. And and you, you think about with the Suns team, the swagger that they're now feeling uh, going in and winning a series on the road is not a, I don't think that would be an impediment for them. No. It's going to be fascinating uh, because, it, listen, we, we've all known anecdotally that the NBA regular season only matters a little. It's never mattered less than this year, in my opinion. And I think we're seeing it not only in the way that guys have approached it, but just in terms of what this stretch run is going to look like. We've touched on it. We just had Rohan Nodkarni from SI.com on, and he gave his thoughts on Golden State. But when they're healthy and together, they're still so formidable. They still play that brand of basketball that's so fun to watch, and they can get just ridiculously hot from mm-hmm. three-point range. But... Why have the results not been there? Is that a team that is kind of coasting through the regular season right now, coming, yes. coming off of a, 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 a title last year? You would think pride would kick in and allow them to win more than seven road games to this point, but that's mm-hmm. what they have. They're 7-24 and 24 on the road. That's awful. That's, that's just dreadful. Yeah. Yeah. The try-hard teams are the Sacramento Kings, the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Utah Jazz. Minnesota's a team to keep an eye on. They're actually playing pretty I'm, pretty well yeah. right now. Okay. I, do I consider yeah. them a, a, a key threat? I mean, Towns still not back. They got rid of Patrick Beverly. Yeah. Oh, they've well, got a lot of goof, yeah. they got not, a lot not, of goofiness on that team, yeah. but but they're not playing. Concerned. They're playing pretty adult basketball right now. Oh, okay, yeah. 
I'll take your word for it. <laughs> and if we have any Kings fans in the audience, we don't. You probably we have Tyler one, Drake. Tyler Drake. Oh, he doesn't listen. Marsha. She does well, actually. Oh yeah. She's actually more of a Lakers. Lakers. Fan. Yeah. But she's from Sacramento. But you've probably infuriated them with the tryhard team. They haven't made the playoffs in like sixteen or seventeen years. <laughs> This is a victory for them, regardless right. of how it goes like the rest the of the way. Are they? The, I think they're the longest drought in sports, right? Uh, Making the playoffs? Yes, Ooh, certainly in the NBA. It's not even close in the NBA, but they might be the in, in the four major sports. They might be the the longest drought. Uh, you can win lower level tickets to see Kevin Durant's first home game as a son. Just text KD to six twenty six twenty. Enter for your chance to win lower level tickets. To see the Suns versus Thunder this Wednesday, and I'm going to throw in two Kevin Durant jerseys. That's a KD. Text that to six twenty six twenty to get entered. Coming up next, we'll hit the nine o'clock hour. We'll explore some Twitter activity on social studies with Sarah Cazell. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.